Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best-in-class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Susan Sevier. Susie is the co-founder of Adventurous Real Estate Investor, where they specialize in return on impact. She's also a triathlete, adventure, and travel enthusiast. Thanks for joining us, Susie. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Yeah, totally. And thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited. But I am a multi-family and short-term rental owner and operator. So all of my multi-family is in Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma. will forever love Oklahoma. And then my small short-term rental portfolio is in Arlington, Texas. I've been a full-time real estate professional for about a year and a half now. I did decide to leave my W-2. My personality does not include a cubicle. And so it was just the best route for me. <laughs> well, excellent, excellent. And before we started recording it, we had a, a discussion on the lack of emphasis on asset management. So this is, you know, I'm going to love this conversation because you're, you're one of my tribe. You believe in, in the, the importance of, of quality asset management, which so few really talk about. No, absolutely. Like, because even asset management starts before you even get a deal. Like it literally is from the very beginning to the very end and afterwards. Right. And so it kind of blows my mind, right. When I decided to ask the world about asset management conferences and there's just not, they're just not there. So I want to talk to you today about long distance asset management and what is long distance to you in your mind? So for me, long distance was that my husband and I started our real estate business while we were living in Cambridge, England and investing in Oklahoma. So ours was, you know, we were had a pond between us and our properties. Yeah, that is a long distance. Yeah. So so talk to me some of the obstacles you faced and how you overcame them. Okay. So some of the obstacles that I faced was that I gosh, this is kind of hard actually. It was really like documentation, right? That was like the biggest thing. How do we keep everything in one place, you know? And like for us, that became Asana. So like in Asana, we could write down and like the property management company is also a part of our Asana and all of our partners are so that we can get out of our email. So like in Asana, people can upload bids, people can upload pictures, people can put when the job was approved. If it was approved, they then can put when it was paid. Everything is in there so that there's full transparency 
But then within that, right, like for resident events, like they can put up the newsletter, the KPIs that we track and the delinquency and the rent roll, there's a line item for that. So it's like everything was in one place because we found ourselves at the very beginning of the journey, like trying to go through our 400 emails, trying to figure out, okay, like, I think we talked about this unit. Did we talk about that unit, but did it ever get paid? So I I think the biggest thing was, and maybe organization as well, like just having everything in one spot. And then once or we figured that out, like everything changed. It's like, wow. I mean, it changed so much because like we introduced Asana to our property manager, our property management, or like, it's not our company, but the property management company implemented it for her company for all the properties. Like that's how much it's a game changer to have everything, all your documentation in one spot. I love it. I love it. We use Google Drive. I'm curious, did you look at that and you, you saw some things better in Asana or just Asana just kind of, you had used it before and it, and it was a good fit? Yeah. So actually we use Google Drive for everything that doesn't have to do with the property manager. So like all of the GPs, they can find the acquisitions and every single piece of paper during that time, every single closing cost, you know, every time we have like our weekly PM meeting, we'll record that and we can upload it into our Google Drive. So we do use Google Drive for everything that the at or the property manager wouldn't put in there. And then Asana is just strictly all things property. Yep. Well, and property with them, with their influence, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, obviously there's, you know, when you're working with a property manager, not all of them are really good with technology and consistency. How have you been able to overcome that? And it's really good that your property management company did that. So now you think it's being in everyone's head throughout the company, like this is something that we have to do. And and we've we've faced that hurdle with some property management companies because they're, they're typically dinosaurs. You know, they're yeah. using outdated software, outdated systems. You know, it's a very low margin, thankless job. And so they're just not the type of people to typically use, you know, advancements. Totally. So some of them right away and some of them didn't. So like, I think it was actually just like a little bit of patience. So, you know, asking them, what is the most difficult part about Asana? You know, like maybe I can help you with that. And if I have to get on a separate phone call to do so, I will, right? Like one person was told me that like getting photos off her phone, she had to send them to her email and then put it on the desktop version of Asana. All I said was, did you know that there's an app? And she's like, there's an app for Asana? I'm like, yeah, you know, and then you can just log in and do it that way. And so it was really trying to just figure out like, the root cause, and then a lot of positive affirmations, you know, because that goes a long ways. Like once you tell someone to do something and they don't hear any feedback since, like they kind of are like, well, do I need to use it? Do I not? And so it was a mix of asking them what they're struggling with the most and then telling them like, you're doing a really great job in Asana. It makes me so happy. (laughs) Obviously, you know, being in a different country has its hurdles to asset management, but doesn't mean you can't be wildly successful. I know people that asset manage, uh, you know, property five miles from the house and never, ever visit it, you know, mm-hmm. and aren't good at asset management. So it doesn't always have to be proximity things. So what are some of the other things you, tricks and tools that you use to help overcome that distance? Yeah. So at the beginning, 
when we started our journey, it was all COVID. So like leaving the UK was impossible. And that was actually kind of stressful. So what we had to do at the beginning was that like, I felt like it was a lot more hands-on during our calls as in, okay, like if this was completed and here's the photo, I need to know how much it costs. If it went over, why did it cost that much? And like, I found out right away that I was going to have to be like call the vendors and have them know me because I wasn't going to be able to meet them for a while. So like calling the vendors and actually talking to them before they did any of the work on the property was huge. But then once like COVID lifted or the restrictions just weren't so crazy with testing, I actually went to Tulsa twice for two and a half months at a time because I was just like, this is what I have to do. And an example of that was that during the labor shortage, RPM was just like, we are trying to hire extra maintenance and just no one is applying. And I was like, well, then guess what? Like I have to come turn a unit because I'm not going to lose money on this property, not knowing when somebody else is going to come. So I think like one of the bigger parts about asset manager too, is like, do you actually care about the asset? Like, because if you care about the asset, you care about your investors and you care about everyone else involved, right? Like you care about the residents, you care about your PM staff, you care about the inventors because they all are part of the economy as well. So it's like, right. And that's where return on impact came from. Like, are you actually like in my mind, right? Susie, are you actually doing a good deed of return on impact? And I was like, this is just what I have to do. I love it. <laughs> getting your getting your hands dirty and yeah. getting to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was one unit I had to order two 17 yard dumpsters and they were full. Like it blew my mind. It blew my mind. I was like, okay, okay. Didn't know, you know, I've never flipped a house, but if this is what it feels like, I'm not sure I'm going to do it again. <laughs> okay. So I know you, you use a sauna and I assume you use it for accountability. And that's a, yeah. that's a big question I get a lot from other operators. How do you hold your team accountable? So how do you use that as Asana or your property management, you know, weekly meetings, I assume, to hold your team accountable? I mean, really, I just say, you said you were going to get this done. Why was it not done? I don't want to say like blame. I like use their words, right? Like, this is what you told me. This is not what I told you. So what happened? How can we work through it? And I think a big one too, is that at the end of every call, we ask, do you need anything right now to make your job easier? And a lot of times we get no's, but every once in a while we get a yes. And once we get that for them, I think they've then created a bigger commitment to us, right? So that's one way. Another way is that like for accountability rise, I actually explained to the property managers what a syndication actually was because for some reason they thought I was like this crazy millionaire, which will be super cool when that happens. But like, I did not buy this property on my own and you can actually do the same exact thing I do, but you need to stay within your limits of expenses in order for that to happen. And then the light bulb goes off and it's like, Oh, I can do this one day too. Like a cool thing is that one of our PMs bought her first burr. And I was like, I know it's not, you know, multifamily, but I'm like, yay, you know, it's just, I think it's actually just caring about them. Like knowing that they're people instead of just like workhorses, because they're not. And so once you give them some of the time, then that's what it is. But we have had instances, right? Where it's like, okay, like, can we chat about the occupancy and what's happening with your closing ratio, right? Like you have this much traffic, this many appointments, this many showings, this many applications. 
what is happening? Are you nervous with asking like the closing questions? Like what is holding you back? You know, and like really getting to like the root cause has helped a lot with accountability. And I particularly like the part of really getting to know your your team. Not everyone's going to be a superstar. If you can really connect with people, they're going to go that extra mile. It's because 100% of the time they don't own the property. So how are you going to get them to go that extra mile, which probably means about 25% more work that they're going to get done and do it better mm-hmm. and whatnot, picking up all the little things on the ground that it that extra mile means so much more to your property and being able to connect with them on a personal basis, helping them or inspiring them to do a bird, like that person's going to be incredibly indebted to you for, you know, yeah. for as long as they're working there. Yeah. You know, it's literally just like treating people how you would want to be treated, but it's crazy how we've become, some people have become disconnected with that. What is one of your biggest lessons that you've learned from long distance asset management? When the market is slower, that is the most important time to asset manage or to like be aware of everything that's going on. And what I mean by that, right, is that like there was that like that year, year and a half peak of like, oh my gosh, assets can just appreciate within milliseconds. And you know, you didn't actually have to asset manage. So when there isn't a lot of deal flow, what are you actually paying attention to? And for us, it was like, well, you know, in our portforma at the time, like when we first started this journey, you know, washer or appliances were this amount. Well, now because of COVID, they've tripled. So how do we pivot that quickly? And it's not pivoting like three months down the road. It's like asking immediately. And I think that's a cool thing about Asana is that like we saw the next like appliance invoice. And I was like, what is happening right now? So instead of seeing it in the financials, because right, say it happens on February 1st and you don't get February financials until March 15th. Do you know how many more appliances can be bought in a month and a half? So it's like really looking at the numbers. I mean, you don't have to do it every day, but you can every other day to see where you're getting those weird spikes because those weird spikes like compounding are what ruin can ruin cash flow immensely. So I guess that's it, right? Like really looking at where expenses are going during slower times in the real estate world, or I guess in the world in general, right? (laughs) (laughs) What is your asset management superpower? Oh, so I'm going to say relationships. I love people. So like having relationships with my PM, having relationships with the CEO, with all of my vendors, that has helped me go further. And an example of that is, COVID reserves, right? That was like a an issue for me. So even though we had hit like the T3 income that our lender required, there was a little more back and forth than we anticipated. So it took longer to get it. And because I had gone out of my way to make relationships with our vendors, I was like, hey, this is what's happening. And I do not want to empty our CapEx reserve fund. Like that would be a huge mistake. And I know as a business owner, you would agree. So immediately when I get like these COVID reserves, I will pay you. And they were like, okay, like, thanks for calling me because, you know, people don't call to explain that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's all I have to do. I will call you every day. (laughs) (laughs) So just under relationships or just relationships in general. Absolutely. Relationships are so important. Well, Susie, I appreciate you coming on the show and adding a ton of value on long distance asset management. 
one thing we really spoke about was relationships connecting with staff and Asana as an accountability tool and also having all that information there and nice and easy for everyone to, to check and to utilize and you inspired your property management company to do it, which is awesome. Yeah. Please tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and your company. So thanks. You can go to adventurousrei.com forward slash info. And there it's literally like pick your own flavor. If you want to reach out on LinkedIn, my link is there. If you prefer Facebook or email, you can find that as well. So it's just a grab bag of your favorite, I guess, choice of poison. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode. Thank you. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and leave a review as it will help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week.